are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Welcome to another episode of Call for Karen's The Empowerment Hour. My name is Michelle Bolden, and I will be your guide as we journey through caregiving together. The Empowerment Hour will bring inspiration, education, and resources to our audience of family caregivers. The tangible information provided can be applied immediately after listening to the podcast. So let's go ahead and get started. One of the most important parts of the family caregiver journey is who are the members of your team. And so your team is not only your family, friends, neighbors, church members, they're all very important, but this team also includes your healthcare team. The CDC says that clinical preventive services can prevent disease or find it early when treatment is most effective. These services include screenings for chronic conditions such as cancer, high blood pressure, and type 2 diabetes, immunizations for diseases such as flu, pneumonia, COVID-19, and then counseling about personal health behaviors. And where do you receive these services? At your primary care physician's office. So while most visits that we think of often manage the disease themselves, It is also about preventing them as well, right? And so having that annual checkup and or the wellness check for your loved one and yourself leads to better outcomes for everyone. So I'm excited to introduce our guest today who specializes in serving seniors and meeting their medical needs. Um, Welcome. Our guest, Dr. Jardine Sejour, she is the Associate Medical Director for Centerwell Senior Primary Care. So as we affectionately call her, Dr. S. So welcome, Dr. S. I'm glad that you're here today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. Absolutely. So can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Oh, sure. And current work today. Sure. So I am a board certified family physician and also a geriatrician. I've been practicing senior focused care for about 17 years. And it has been a real pleasure and a joy to focus on our senior population. My current role is, as as Michelle said, the associate medical director for the Sintuel Atlanta practices. So it's a pleasure to be here, and I hope to offer my expertise to you all today. Awesome. So now you mentioned about gerontology. So can you provide the importance of a gerontologist versus a primary care physician or kind of tell us what that is and, and what the difference is? Sure. So I'm, as I said, I trained in family medicine, which is a three-year residency program, and that gives you basic training on how to care for everyone, the, all the managing chronic conditions. Uh, I then did an, an extra year of fellowship focusing on geriatrics and gerontology. And what that allowed me to do is to understand the nuances and the differences that we see 
and our senior population. The goals of care is different, our screenings are different, and our management is different. So geriatrics or gerontologists, we do an extra year of training to understand and manage our senior population. Okay, great. Okay. Um, and you know, many family caregivers are caring for their loved ones who have these advanced chronic illnesses. Um, and we're caring for them because they are so advanced and they can no care for themselves. And often they may live in adult child's home or the adult child is living with them. And so these chronic diseases that we mentioned before, diabetes, um, also heart disease, arthritis, um, when is it time to seek a specialist in these areas? Because sometimes we go to our primary care physician for everything. And some PCPs are not um, as um, well as uh, referring to a specialist in a timely manner. So what should we be looking for when we say, okay, it's time to seek a specialist for whatever that ailment may be? So the time to see a specialist or use, spe uh, or use a specialist it, it will vary. It's not a uh, one size fits all. One of the biggest factors is the experience of the PCP, the primary provider, to know when it's time to, to refer. The, there are some doctors like myself, I'm experienced in management of diabetes and hypertension. So I personally don't often refer unless my, all of my treatment options that I've tried are not having an impact. So I would say the, be the best time to refer or seek specialist care should be done in conjunction with your primary care provider. Mm -hmm. So if you're dealing with diabetes, for instance, and the hemoglobin A1C is not coming down after six months of treatment, it would be time to ask the question, uh, do you think that an endocrinologist can offer any added benefit? So this is definitely a conversation to have with your PCP and it'll depend on that doctor's experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that, that's kind of a good guide that you identify that basically you're not getting better, right? And right. so you yes. see that the treatment is, we're going, we're trying different medications, you know, lifestyle changes, and you're just not changing. You know, the blood pressure and is not going down. Right. The, the sugar is still high, as we call it, the sugar is still high. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it may be time to seek some help. So that- And that, I, would, I would also, I'm sorry, Michelle, I would also add knowing what are your goals. So what is controlled blood pressure? So, you know, hey, the blood pressure is not less than 140 over 90. So you know what your parameters are, then you know that it's time to seek help. So I think having that education, understanding of the parameters, of that condition is also helpful. And you know, that's a good point because everyone can't have a goal of 110 over 70 or 120 over 80, right? You just may exactly. not ever get there. And exactly. so, but that's for any illness, you know, I may not ever get a O2 saturation or my, the oxygen in my level says 99%. It's just not realistic what's going on with my body. And so yes. I just think that it's so important that we have to understand one person's goal is not our goal always, right? And exactly. so, it, I mean, that's with everything in life, but definitely with your healthcare because you're an individual. Exactly. That is so important. So uh, now what criteria or questions should a family caregiver seek when they're looking for a primary care physician or specialist? Because, you know, we're very quick 
to uh, go to Google and Google someone based upon the zip code. And okay, well, they told me to find a doctor. So this is what I'm doing. Or you're discharged from the hospital and you just get this list of doctors and you're like, okay, well, if they gave me the list, it's probably a good doctor. Right. Not always <laughs> true, right? And so what are some things we need to look for when we're looking for a doctor for ourselves or our loved one? I think one of the, the one of the most important factors is to look for someone that is focused or specialized in that area. I do senior focused care. So I would definitely say that our, our geriatric, our senior population should look for a center that specializes in for their age group. So someone that a practice or doctor that has special resources or services that's geared toward your particular needs. That's number one. And secondly, you want a provider or PCP that is accessible. I think that actually is one of the most important questions to ask when you're seeking. And when I say accessible, how quickly can you get into that doctor's office when you need it? Mm -hmm. So do they offer same day appointments? Do they offer next day appointments? Uh, are, is there a virtual option? You don't want to be in a practice where you can only see the doctor every three to four months mm -hmm. and you have a need that is, that is urgent. So access is so important. Mm -hmm. and, and lastly, do they offer any ancillary services that will help to, uh, to, to amplify your care, to improve your care? So is there a care coach, an RN level that will help with coordination of other things outside of your doctor's office? Do they have social programs that can help supplement any areas where that you may be lacking? Do they have behavioral health or social workers that can help you find resources in the community? So you want to look for some an office, a practice that is well-rounded, that is accessible, and has a doctor that's focused on your needs. Absolutely. And you know, when you say accessibility, I think about the amount of time you spend with a family because seniors, you know, they, they don't want to be rushed. They need time to kind of think about what they're going to say and remember, and they may be slow about saying it, or they're going to tell you a great story that's going to lead you to where they are today. And so not being rushed, that that's just a part of great bedside manner for this population. And I just think that's so important. And you can ask that when you call up, you can ask how long does the doctor spend with, with their patients? That's a fair question. And that'll help you to decipher if that's the place for you. Absolutely. And the other thing that you mentioned about was, again, the full health care team. So yes. having the nurse coordinator, navigator, the behavior health, because behavior health is so much a part of who we are right now. And with us being in the middle of this pandemic, even pre-pandemic, we, especially as a senior, because you're not doing the things that you were doing before, you've had a loss of a part of your life, not just you lost your life, but you're no longer able to be independent. You know, you have to stay in the house more and that can play a, a, a big part of your mental health or not having mental health. And often if you did, if you didn't suffer from any mental health issues in your younger years, it, you may not realize that, hey, what you're experiencing is actually depression, that you may be experiencing some symptoms, some conditions that you never knew about before. So that behavioral health component is really important for our senior population. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, so when we are um, when we are identifying, um, you know, that, it, okay, it's time to go to the doctor for myself or particularly for even for family caregivers. And, you know, we have so many things that have happened between our visit and this visit. And, you know, hopefully we've written them down, but sometimes we don't. And so to help you and the healthcare team, but also to help the family caregiver and their loved one, how would you recommend that they prepare for a visit to the doctor, um, again, for the, for the loved one or for themselves? Right. So one of the most important things that we need um, as providers is your medications, your, your medication list, your, and not even the list, the actual bottles. Bring in, anytime you go to any doctor, bring in your bottles of medication. You may not remember the dose or the frequency, which is important. So that's number one. That's always key. Uh, bring your medications. The second thing is if you have access to your visit summaries, as you mentioned, between visits, you've had to go to the urgent care or you had a specialist visit. Having a copy of a visit summary is helpful. Now, if you don't have access to that, one thing you can do is ahead of time, reach out to your doctor's office and have them request the records for you. You just have to sign a release, but they'll have that record to review any any of the changes. And lastly, jot down, write down your concerns. What is it that you want to accomplish with this visit? Right. There are some visits you're feeling well, this is a, a checkup. Yeah, I just want you to tell me that I'm doing well. And there are things that may have changed and you want to write it down. I'm noticing this is different. Yeah. And so the goal of my visit today is to address this concern. So you have you take control of that visit and make sure that the doctor's honing in on what it is that you need for that for that day. Absolutely. That's great information. I guess the medications, because you know, we try to remember what they are and then we don't know dosages, we don't know how many times a day. Right. That, yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> and because we sometimes see multiple specialists, you may have prescribed one thing, but another yeah. specialist could have prescribe like 15 other things. Oh. And I, yeah, and I think medication is so important. And that's why on the second half of this, we're going to have a pharmacist here to talk yes. about that because medication can make a huge impact of how well you do or how well you don't do. Right. And so that's. And, and sorry, Michelle, and I would like to add to, don't forget your vitamins and your supplements. <laughs> We're okay with you taking vitamins and supplements. We actually encourage it, but we want to make sure they're not interacting with your condition or with what you're taking. So don't forget the supplements. Absolutely. Great, 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 great points. And just about the journaling. And so that's one thing that we recommend family caregivers just to keep a journal all the time anyway, right? right so yes. when something happens that they can take it to the doctors and they can relay yes. that. But also when you get those questions and say, you know, when we go to the doctor next time, I'm going to ask that, but we never write it down. And then we get to the doctor and we completely forget about it until we get back home and we're like, oh, I was going to ask this question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so again, keeping a caregiver journal is so important with the blood pressure me measurements, the glucose and all those things as well. It's just really important with journaling as well. I had, a, I, I, as you say that, I, had, I, re I recall a patient I had in South Florida where she had, her daughters were taking care of her and they journaled everything. Awesome. If she was moody, they would put the time that, hey, she was a little bit cranky. And then you would be able to pick up if there was any change within that. So even their mood, I mean, they 
they were, you know, <laughs> they journal, they like journaling, but that was really helpful. Even they journaled bowel movements, they took yes. everything. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, you'll ask, you know, are you suffering from constipation? But right. if you're not even paying attention, so it is so helpful <laughs> to journal. Yes, and to bring the journal with you, right? Yes. And so when yes. we talk about, you know, elimination, you know, that's yes. one thing we don't normally want to talk about, you know, when we're younger, but when you're taking care of a loved one, it's critical, you know, did you do, exactly. what did you do today? How often did you go, right? So, so that's important, uh, right? Part so of our important. normal conversation. It's normal conversation to know how often someone has gone. When was and, the last time? <laughs> and Michelle, again, that is also the difference in geriatrics versus just regular adult care. It matters in our geriatric population <laughs> more than any other group. Yes, absolutely. So those are all great points. Um, and so, um, and I love that that family brought in their journal and doing all the details, because that's really all, that's what we all should be doing anyway. And so that that's awesome that they do that. Um, and so for the family caregiver, you know, it's important or how important is it that we're taking care of ourselves as we're traveling with our loved ones to the doctor or all that we're doing for them? How important is that? That's the most important thing. When when I think about caregiving, I think about a, a cup. I think about if your cup is not full, if you have nothing left in your cup, in your tank, you really can't provide the care that you want to provide for your loved one. Mm-hmm. So taking care of yourself, filling up your cup, filling up your tank is key. It's essential. And from, and I believe the most important part is rest, mm. getting rest. Um, and it's hard to do when oftentimes you're sleeping with one eye open, your ears are always perked up to hear, you know, if the, you know, if anything's going on, your loved one, but that's just essential. That's essential for clarity of mind. And again, just for your own well-being. Right. Absolutely. And so, you know, like you said, you can't take care of your loved one if you haven't cared for yourself. So that does include taking them to the doctor, but also making sure that you go to the doctor yourself. So critical. We carve out time to make sure their appointment is. And when we carve out time for their appointment, we call to make that appointment. Let's go ahead and make an appointment for ourselves. If you haven't done that. That's a great idea. Yeah, I love that. So absolutely. This is as much as we can combine and not have to duplicate efforts. Yes. (laughs) That's how we function much better as family caregivers were able to do that as well. So that's Mm -hmm. great. So we talked about a few things that they can do and already tangible things that they can leave with, but with what are two things that you recommend that our family caregivers do immediately after listening to their podcast today? Well, I, the first thing they need to do is actually have a care plan for their loved one. Mm -hmm. And and as you mentioned, um, could think about, write down, organize all of the people that's part of that team, the doctor, um, the finance person, you know, you know, your tax, whoever is part of your team, get that down in writing. You may be thinking about it. You may have an idea, but get down names, numbers uh, of everyone that's helping care for your loved one. I think that is essential. Also reach out and, 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 boost, and, and boost up your team. Reach out to your other family members, other people that can, be, that can participate in that. And secondly, create a self-care plan. Mm. Figure out what is it that you need to take care of yourself. Mm. What are your hobbies that you've given up that you would like to do? Mm. How can you get more 
sleep or rest incorporated, exercise, even to walk out to take a breath, go to the mailbox, go just walk out to your backyard, mm -hmm. take some deep breath, create a self-care plan. And then you'll find that everything looks better though nothing has changed. <laughs> right, absolutely. Great information. Thank you so much, Dr. S. And so what would you recommend, um, you know, what websites, social media that people can follow to kind of help with their healthcare journey for themselves and their loved ones? So what I, what I recommend is based on what your loved one is dealing with, whatever that condition is, finding that national organization, they always have great resources uh, nationally and locally. So if you're, your loved one is dealing with Alzheimer's, the alzheimersassociation.org is a great source the American Heart Association, and they'll have places that you can, you can go to. Locally, your community, uh, your community centers can have support groups um, and call for caring, like organizations like yours is a place where, that, where they can reach out and find, and find resources. Mm -hmm. So, you know, first identify what they're dealing with and you'll find others that are, that are dealing with the same thing that may be able to share. So that's, what, that's definitely what I would recommend. Awesome. And you know, each of those organizations have support groups. Yes. So as you talked about the sharing, all of them have that support there. And you learn so much from other people's experiences, but yes. more importantly, you know that you're not alone on that journey, right? Oh, definitely. So it's so important. So how can we get in touch with you and Centerwell and find out more information? Because you guys are not just in Georgia, but you're across in many states, correct? And we're expanding. So we're going to be in over 10 states by the end of, of the year. Okay. Uh, but you can reach us. So Sintowell is senior primary care and we're focused on seniors and, and all of the things that they need. And you can reach us at www.sintowellprimarycare.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing such impactful information in a short amount of time. It was impactful and empowering. Oh, so thank, thank you so you. much, Dr. S. And You're we so appreciate you. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to take a short break and return with our next doctor, who's a pharmacist. Um, so please stay tuned for more information. What is dedication? The thing that drives me every day as a dad is Darion. We call him Day Day for short. Every day he's hungry for something, whether it's attention, affection, knowledge. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that when he's no longer under my wing, that he's a good person. I want him to be able to sit back one day and go, we worked together, we did a good job. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back from our break. We are continuing our conversation with key members of the healthcare team. So I'm excited to introduce our next guest, Dr. Rosalind Glover. She is a pharmacist with Central Well Senior Primary Care. Welcome, Dr. Glover. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here today. Awesome. We're glad to have you. I'm looking forward to the information you're going to provide. So can you start with sharing your background and your current work? Yes, ma'am. I'm a doctor of pharmacy graduate from Florida A&M University, go Rattlers, in Tallahassee, Florida. I am a Rattler as well. <laughs> Didn't know that. Go Rattlers. That's, That's right. right. 
<laughs> I'm currently serving as a integrated clinic pharmacist with the Center World uh, Senior Primary Care Offices in the Georgia market. So a lot of what I do um, is assisting with the providers in the medication therapy management of their patients. Okay, awesome. And so when we talk about medication management, we're talking about the drugs that people are taking to manage their disease. We're talking about the supplements sometimes they have to take as well, right? Mm -hmm. So that whole caveat of the pills that folks are taking. And, you know, a pharmacist, like other areas of the healthcare team, even in the hospital, you know, the pharmacist, the medical record department, the billing department, you don't hear a lot about those things, but we have to have those areas in order to function and give give great care. So there are critical components to that. So um, as we talk about this critical component, can you define the pharmacist's critical role on the healthcare team? So on the healthcare team, it's really important to realize that the title pharmacist covers a lot. As you mentioned, we're in the hospitals, um, we're in the retail setting, which is where most patients are used to seeing us, right? When they hear the word pharmacist, they immediately go to a Walgreens or a CVS setting. But you're right, you have your pharmacist in the hospital that's dispensing your medications, that's uh, monitoring for the inpatients, as well as the role that I have, which is an integrated clinic pharmacist. So I'm in the ambulatory care or outpatient setting. So where you would normally go to see your provider for a wellness visit um, is where I currently am right now with CenterWell. And what we do, um, it all is surrounding your medications. So in a retail setting, it's being dispensed. So we're literally giving you your medications. Whereas what I do is more of a focus of how are your medications working for you? Um, is there a better regimen that we can have you on? Is, are there any interactions in the different medications that, that you're taking? Because you mentioned supplements, which a lot of patients will go into a GNC or they'll see something on the internet and be like, hey, you know, I have diabetes or I have that problem, let me try this. Not really thinking about whether or not it's gonna interact with the medications that they're being prescribed for their doctor. So that's one of the ways that I assist or help as well. Awesome, you know, and that's one of the first things that Dr. S talked about was, um, you know, on a visit, what family caregivers should do is bring in your medication, not just a list, but just go All ahead and bring in the medication bottles mm-hmm. and tell us about the supplements that you're taking as well, because that's such a key component of, of a um, family caregiver's journey for, their, for themselves and their loved ones. Mm-hmm. Because often when you talk about being in the home, sometimes that medication interaction you just spoke about can cause for them to have dizziness or weakness. And so we get into risk of increased falls in the home. And that's the last thing that we want a senior to do is Absolutely. to fall anywhere, you know, even in their own home. So knowing those, you know, the side effects of that med, maybe it changes your vision. And again, that could lead to a fall risk. And so um, it's great to hear that you're part of that integrated team that kind of looks at the entire impact of the medication and not just dispensing it out um, into a bottle and just giving it to someone. Giving it away. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, often today when we talk about retail pharmacy, you know, we want to seek the best deal, you know? So Mm -hmm. if we know that, uh, you know, this store gives the medicine away for free or this one only charges a dollar. So I'm going here for these pills. I'm going there for this pill. And literally often all they're doing is just giving it to me. They're not looking at interactions. They don't have the whole picture of all the medications I'm on. They're just, you know, giving me 
you know, what medications that they're, that they have received as, as a prescription. And so since we often are looking for the best deal versus consistency, can you kind of share what are some of the benefits of using a consistent pharmacy? Right. And, and you hit the nail on the head right there with, if I'm at multiple pharmacies, they can only see what I'm getting filled at that one pharmacy versus what I'm getting filled at the across the four pharmacies that I'm using. So that is one of the main benefits of sticking to one pharmacy is that that pharmacist is going to have access to your total medication history as far as what you're getting filled at with prescribed medications. Of course, you can still have some over-the-counter medications or supplements that they aren't aware of, but the majority of your medication history will be right there in that one profile. Now, one way that the insurance company has tried to combat having our patients go across different pharmacies is the price when you're going through the insurance company more or less is going to be the same. So the price that you're going to pay at one pharmacy is going to be the same price that you pay at another pharmacy. Because we absolutely understand that everyone wants the best deal. Everyone wants to pay as little as possible, no matter how much money you have for your medications. And, and we want to be able to put that money back into your, your pocket as well. Right. So the insurance plans, for the most part, whatever pharmacy you go to, you're going to be able to get the same deal. And a lot of those maintenance medications that are super important have a little of either a very small or no co pay at all. So that helps a lot as well. And we don't want our seniors tracking back and forth across four or five different pharmacies. You'll spend that money up in gas right. and time eating up just trying to get back and forth. We want to make it as convenient for them as possible. Right. Absolutely. And you know, I guess for even people who don't have insurance or don't have the money to do the co-pays, mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes they do want to look for opportunities where they can pay less in medication as well. Right. And you know, um, there are opportunities where some um, pharmacies or manufacturers, pharmaceutical manufacturers will offer free medications or reduce costs on medications as well. And that's an opportunity to look into that for yourself and your loved one, especially if we have these very unique or expensive drugs, they may be willing to um, help you on the cost or give you some for free. And um, one of the um, extra benefits that we have with CenterWell is that we have a team that assists with filling out those uh, prescription assistant program applications. And we also try to help make sure our patients are able to get the best deal possible while also maintaining that, that quality of care with consistency. So that is one of the benefits that we offer as well. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And again, that's the benefit of not just walking into a pharmacy and filling your prescription and leaving. When mm -hmm. you have that relationship with the pharmacist, it allows for you to know what things you can do that you may not have been aware of, you know, what the opportunity are for other services as well. And so often pharmacy pharmacists just don't dispense medications. They do much more. So right. can you share some of the other roles or services um, a family caregiver may utilize at a pharmacy. Um, so one of the ones that we just mentioned was the prescription assistance programs where we help to find um, medications at a lower cost. Also um, the pill packaging where um, some of the prescriptions are prepackaged and sent out for some of our members that have difficulty either remembering or setting up their pills um, on their own. Sometimes they don't have a caregiver or someone at home that, that can assist them with that. And, and it's big. I mean, remembering to take, if you're on five to 10 medications a day at different times, you know, setting up little pill boxes and things like that, they were able to make recommendations to help with adherence 
across the board for our patients, mm -hmm. um, as well as different services. For instance, it looks like it's just dispensing, but it's a lot behind the scenes. Like we said, reviewing the medication history, making sure um, you know if you have any problems with your kidneys, that the medications that we have you on, the dose is appropriate. Making sure the insurance, um, one insurances have different what they call preferred drugs. So if their drug is a little more expensive, as far as the copay is concerned, is there something that your insurance plan will cover at a lower copay and we can pass that cost savings on to you. So giving you a medication that may work just as well, but can also save you some money uh, in the long run. The financial burden for prescriptions is a big deal and it definitely impacts adherence with our members. So it's something that we absolutely want to make sure that we are proactively seeking for them. Absolutely. And some pharmacies even do the actual um, immunizations there themselves. I mean, I've had a pharmacist who's given me a flu shot or the COVID-19 booster. Right. So, you know, they do do inject, you know, immunizations as well. We've definitely picked up on the immunizations, especially during the COVID pandemic. Um, we were utilized heavily with making sure um, that was rolled out and that it was accessible nationwide for, for a lot of our patients. Mm -hmm. And we also are able to do some of the medication therapy management that I mentioned. So calling out regarding adherence, hey, you haven't had this filled in a while. Do you want us to put it on automatic refill? Would you benefit from mail order? Because it may save you some money and it's also the convenience of it coming to your home. You know, one of the things that you mentioned about that, having that relationship, and this is why I say the importance of having a pharmacist on your team, and I mean like a consistent pharmacist, right? Um, one of the things that I found is that sometimes when people are um, admitted to the hospital, um, they're on one set of medications, then they're discharged, and then they're on something different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes their, their, you know, illness has changed. So maybe they had high blood pressure when they came in. Now it's much more controlled, but when they're discharged, they're still on these two medications. Right. And so that can cause an issue. And again, having this consistent pharmacist is like having your own advocate calling the doctor back and saying, no, they're already on this or clarifying, you know, we, we probably shouldn't have these two medications on here or this doses isn't right. Or mm -hmm. this, they're already on a drug that interacts with that. And all of that is just, again, so important in having that advocate as a pharmacist for you. So one of the things that we do to assist with that, because that is a big deal with going into the hospital, patients don't always take their medication list or the bag of their medications. So they're in there and it's really sometimes difficult for the provider to tell what they are or aren't taking. Um, so one of the things that we do is what we call a med medication reconciliation visit. Um, within about 48 hours, we try to get them in and make sure they bring in their discharge paperwork so we can compare that to what we know that they were taking beforehand. Um, at Center World, we actually give them these clear bags at their welcome visit. It's, it's their medication bag. We say dump everything in there, regardless of where you are. If you're traveling, if they have to rush you from your house to go to the emergency room, just make sure they grab that clear bag on the way out so that they know what you're taking. Same thing when you come back in for your visit, bring it on in. So you were saying, you know, we don't really want a list. We want you to bring the actual bottle so that we know exactly right. what you're taking. Right. Um, so yeah, med medication reconciliation is huge. It is. Absolutely. Th that's a great point. Thank you. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you mentioned a little bit about the pre-packaging and bubble packaging. Can you share a little bit more about what that is and kind of the pros and cons to that service? Um, I've definitely seen it as a benefit to reduce the medication errors for folks. So mm -hmm. can you share a little bit more about that? 
So that is where um, uh, so one of the services is that certain pharmacies or companies will dispense your medications in pre like little envelopes where you have to do is tear it open on the outside. It'll say morning. It'll have the list of the medications that's in there. You'll have them separated from morning and evening, even midday, however many times a day you take it. And it's a little more convenient than the pill boxes that a lot of our patients use because they don't have to fill these packs. They come already filled in a roller thing and they just pull them off and take them as they need it. And again, it's really helpful for patients that don't have that caregiver at home to either help them fill the pill box up or just remember remembering whether or not they've taken it for that day, it gives them that extra convenience of, of having that done. One of the cons with that is for patients that aren't really on a consistent therapy yet. Um, if they're having frequent changes with their medication, we're trying to balance it out, see exactly what regimen is gonna work best for them. It can get a little bit complicated because they come packaged usually about a month in advance okay. uh, to make sure they don't run out. So that would be one of the main cons okay. if you aren't on a consistent regimen yet, just making sure we don't have old uh, pill packs sitting right. around. Okay. And, you know, for the family caregivers, that's, that's a convenient for, convenience for them because they don't have Absolutely. to worry about doing that. You know, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm helping my dad, I sit down, you know, like on a Sunday sometime and try to do a few weeks at Fill a it time. Out. And mm -hmm. so you, but you have to very much pay at attention to what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I put two tablets in the morning and it really should be one that can cause some issues, right. Definitely. Especially if you're doing it for multiple weeks. So right. that means there could be an issue for three weeks. And Before you actually somebody, notice a problem. Right. We'll see that. And so it's not only time consuming, but again, it helps with the medication errors because as family caregivers, we're always rushing to do things. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, and, and it gives and them a sense of independency too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, often they're delivered again, another convenience where you don't have to go to the pharmacy to pick up the pick medications. Up. And so, um, there are definitely some benefits to doing that. Um, and so as we talk a little bit about medication errors, what would you say are some of the common medication family, family, what are some common medication errors that our family caregivers should be aware of? Um, some of the more common one is just when you were saying filling the pill boxes, just remembering if there's a change in the medicine to redo the pill boxes. Because like you said, a lot of times we'll do them for like a month in advance just because it is so time consuming. Um, so when you go to the doctor and there's a change made, just making sure you remember when you get home, hey, I've got to I've got to change out that that pill box um, for our caregivers that have their own medications that they have to manage, you know, keeping that separate, making sure you're keeping up with not only your refills and your pill boxes, but your family members as well. Um, you know, we have different um, suggestions that we have as far as keeping up charts, their phone, everything is done on your phone now. So phone reminders, and those are the different things that we kind of try to assist them with because we know it can be overwhelming, not just with your own health. You may have more than, if you have a set of parents and not just a mom or a dad, yes. um, you're taking care of multiple people. So one of the main medication errors is just making sure you make those changes um, in the pill box or even just taking the pills away. Um, even if you aren't using a pill box, just make sure you're taking that pill away because more than likely they're getting a 90 day supply. They've got 60 days left. So making sure yeah. you're taking that bottle away, especially if it's a dose change. So the name is the same, but the dose is different. Um, right. So making sure just it's it, making sure you're making those changes as the provider makes them. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So um, what are two actions that you would recommend our family caregivers do immediately after listening to this podcast? 
So immediately after listening to this podcast, I suggest that you gather all of the medications and put them in one centralized area in a bag that can be easily grabbed on the way out the door if needed. Um, and it's okay to keep a list because some people like to write things down and they like to give it to their provider to write things down. And you can keep that list in the bag with the medications, but it's really, really important. I can't stress this enough to bring the actual bottles um, when you come in for the appointment. Cause you'll know you take the red pill, even if you can't pick out the name of the red pill on the list, you can tell me you're taking the red pill. So being able to do that visualization with them is super important um, when they're in there, when they're in the visit with the provider. Another thing that I think um, or I would recommend doing immediately after the podcast is just making sure they're up to date on all of their immunizations, all of their wellness visits. We'll go have to, we'll cancel an appointment because we can't make it that day and we don't reschedule until like six mm. months later. And then we're four months overdue. So just making sure, you know, a lot of the centers will give out calendars where you can keep a list of all of your appointments, when your immunizations are due, um, when your wellness exams are due. If you have to reschedule it, it's all conveniently right there. And you can put it with your medication bag. So it's all in one place. But just making sure you're up to date on those things that are that can easily slip our minds. Okay, great, great. Easy things that can be done right away after this podcast, right? Right away. (laughs) And very impactful. And that's why we keep saying that because it's so important Mm -hmm. that we know what medications you're on. And we can't remember everything. You know, you may be great at what you do as being a caregiver, but, you know, we miss things and it's okay. Mm -hmm. We're only human. So that's why you bring your extra support of your bag of medications. That's right. right? (laughs) So... So are there, um, you know, you talked about reminders, you know, on the phone, et cetera. Are there like um, websites, social media, things that you would recommend family caregivers use to kind of help them on this journey? What I recommend most of them use because it's simple and not only the caregiver, but the, the patient themselves can use it. And we really try to empower the patient with their own health so that they feel independent not like they're a burden to someone or someone's having to take care of them is the simple alarm system Mm. on the cell phone because it will consistently ring day after day. You can set it for multiple times a day. You can put a message on it, take the blue pill or take the actual name of the pill. And it's something that you don't have to add extra to their phone. Every phone has an alarm and a clock. So you don't have to download a special app that they have to learn how to use. They can just use the alarm that's already on there. And also for visual people who don't like all of the technology, a basic simple chart that Mm. you can use stickers on. One of the things that we do in the clinics, um, if they have the pillbox, is we put a sun, we have stickers of a sun and and stickers of a moon. And we put that for their AM boxes and their PM boxes. Things that are very simple, but like you said, impactful and helpful. And it doesn't add a lot of clutter to the day or or the organization or process that you already have. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. And you know, um, I find that you sometimes you still have to remind them when the alarm goes off to actually take it because Mm -hmm. sometimes they hit snooze or don't take it. So my alarm, what I said, is one that like you would have to repeatedly like get up and hit the snooze for it to go off. But you want to make sure you put a title for the alarm. So it doesn't just alarm because that can mean anything. It needs to be very specific. Take your PM pills or take your Simvastatin or take your Amlodipine, whatever it is. It has a whole list of characters that you can put in there to be very specific and detailed for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So now if they wanted to get in touch with you or center well, how would they do that? 
Um, so to get in touch with us at CenterWell, um, www.centerwellseniorprimarycare.com. And you can type in your zip code and it'll bring you to the locations that are closest to you. And we'll be happy to help and serve you and get you to your best care. Awesome. So thank you so much, Dr. Glover, for thank joining you for us having today. Me. Absolutely. And providing such great information. Um, I certainly learned a lot today and I'm sure our listeners did as well, because we don't tend to have this conversation as much with the pharmacists as I really think we should, because you're so, so important to the healthcare team. So thank you again. Thank you. So the Empowerment Hour is presented by Call for Caring. Our organization supports caregivers through resources like today's podcast, our expos, courses, and grants. Um, you can learn more or donate to Call for Caring at callforcaring.org. Today's episode can be heard on uptomeradio.com, Apple, Pod- Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and viewed on YouTube via the Call for Caring channel. So we hope today's episode of the Empowerment Hour has met our goal to educate, elevate, and empower caregivers during their caregiver journey. Thank you.